Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello and welcome to Pro-Life Primetime News. Today is Friday, December 30th. I'm Leslie Palmer. And I'm Teresa Watson. Last week marked the six-month anniversary of Pro-Life Primetime News produced at Priests for Life. We knew there was an audience for this show, which presents news on abortion-related topics that you won't hear anywhere else. We thank everyone who has tuned in, and we hope you will stay with us in the new year. For our final show of the year, we decided to have a look back at the biggest stories we've covered in our inaugural season. Story number 10 concerns two political candidates who can't seem to win a race, and we hope they stop trying. Stacey Abrams has staged two expensive and controversial runs to become governor of Georgia, and she lost both times. Over in Texas, Robert O'Rourke, who says his nickname is Beto, took on Senator Ted Cruz in 2018 and lost, and this year ran against Governor Greg Abbott and lost. Maybe the pro-abortion Beto and Stacey can find another line of work. The Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn movement is growing, and that's story number nine. The sanctuary effort, spearheaded by East Texas Right to Life director Mark Lee Dixon, has spread to more than 60 cities in four states. The city of Hobbs, New Mexico, recently approved the designation, and it's significant not only because New Mexico is an abortion-friendly state, but also because an abortion business owner chased out of Texas by its protections for the unborn was considered considering opening a new killing center there. A sanctuary designation also is being considered for the city of Bellevue, Nebraska, where abortionist Leroy Carhart performs late-term abortions on healthy babies and healthy moms. Story number eight is the Justice Department and FBI crackdown on pro-lifers who pray and protest outside abortion mills. In September, heavily armed FBI agents went to the rural Pennsylvania home of pro-life activist Mark Hawk and arrested him as his wife and terrified children watched. In the next several weeks, more than a dozen pro-lifers were arrested, including 87-year-old Eva Edel, whose family was imprisoned in a communist concentration camp in Yugoslavia in the chaotic aftermath of World War II. Many of the pro-lifers are charged with violating the Federal Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, a law passed in 1992 specifically to keep pro-lifers at arm's length from abortion mills. The pro-lifers could be looking at up to 11 years in prison. Story number seven concerns the disturbing and unsolved attacks on pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life facilities since the leak of the Dobbs decision in May. This week, a Detroit-area pro-life pregnancy center and the home of one of its board members were spray-painted with threatening messages. More than 50 pregnancy centers have been vandalized, often by criminals claiming to be part of a group called Jane's Revenge. At least 86 churches and dozens of pro-life organizations have been targeted as well. FBI Director Christopher Wray told a U.S. Senate committee last month that since the Dobbs decision, 70% of our abortion-related violence cases or threats are against pro-life organizations. Not a single arrest has been made. In story number six, the gains Republicans made in the U.S. Senate in the 2022 midterm elections did not live up to expectations, with Democrats getting ready to dominate the chamber in the 118th Congress that convenes in January. But Republicans did take over the House of Representatives, which means they have the votes to thwart the radical pro-abortion agenda of Joe Biden and the Democrats. On the state level, Republicans will be in the majority in 22 states compared to 17 for the Democrats. 
House Congressional Republican Chris Smith of New Jersey, a leader of the House Pro-Life Caucus, and South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham took advantage of the overturning of Roe v. Wade to try to protect pre-viability babies by introducing a 15-week bill. Though it will not pass in this session of Congress or the next, the bill nonetheless is the most significant proposal by Republicans in Congress to curtail abortion since the Supreme Court tossed out Roe. Story number four impacts us here at Priests for Life directly. The Vatican has dismissed Father Frank Pavone, our national director, from the priesthood. A huge outpouring of support for Father Frank followed on social media and in calls and emails to our office. Father Frank has promised that his pro-life work will not slow down because of this puzzling decision on the part of the Vatican. Father Frank has been a priest for 34 years with every minute of that time devoted to ending abortion. Story number three broke on the night of May 2nd, a Monday. The news outlet Politico published a bombshell. Someone had leaked the draft decision the nation was awaiting in the Dobbs case, which concerned a law in Mississippi, Mississippi that would protect babies from abortion at 15 weeks. The draft decision, authored by Justice Samuel Alito, not only upheld the Mississippi law, but also called for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Chaos ensued, with pro-aborts all over the country acting like the sky had fallen. They protested outside the home of the conservative justices on the high court and began what has now been eight months of violent attacks and threats against pro-life organizations. Story number two is the release of the Dobbs decision itself on June 24th. It was identical to the decision leaked six weeks earlier and it called for the federal government and judiciary to get out of the abortion regulating business and cleared the way for states to take over that role. Many states have since enacted near-total abortion bans, but while babies are protected in several states, judges have blocked bans in others. So the abortion landscape remains in flux. The top story of the second half of 2022 is that an estimated 10,000 babies were saved from abortion in the two months following the fall of Roe. In its hashtag WeCount project, the Pro-Abortion Society for Family Planning found there were 10,570 fewer abortions in July and August than in the previous two months. States that saw lives saved include Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Wisconsin. The Pro-Abortion Gutmacher Institute also found that on October 2nd, 100 days post-Roe, 66 killing centers in 15 states stopped offering abortion. 26 shut down altogether. Certainly it's been an interesting year and we thank you for joining us for the latter half of the year in review. We weren't sure when we taped our first show in June if we would find an audience, so we owe everyone watching a big thank you for keeping us on the air to report the stories you won't get elsewhere. We also want to wish everyone a safe and happy new year and we hope you will stay with Pro-Life Primetime News in 2023. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.